three, two, one. Hello, welcome back. Um, I'm sorry I'm a couple days late. I said I would have my next podcast up uh, by the weekend, but I was just super busy the last couple of days, couldn't get it out. But uh, I wanted to make this because there's a lot of big questions about this card, May 9th, and I just wanted to give my two cents on it. And I also wanted to talk about John Jones, who's been acting up a little bit um, on Twitter a lot recently. Don't know if anyone has heard, but um, I'll get into that a little bit later. But first and foremost, uh, this past couple of days, uh, Noel Bortle, who's the new sports editor of the Massachusetts Daily Collegian, um, offered, which I easily accepted, um, for the assistant sports editor position um, for the Massachusetts Daily Collegian. I'm super excited for this opportunity. I mean, the past, my, you know, my first year at UMass, it was my favorite thing um, to do was just going out and uh, interviewing all the players and coaching staffs of, of so many great, you know, teams. And uh, really with, with this position, all I'm doing is, is getting more exposure to that. And um, I'm super excited. So thank you again, Noah, for, for the opportunity. And then I would also love to thank Tom Haynes, who is the former sports editor for, you know, pretty much just grooming me to get me to this position. I've really only written there for about five total months, you know, with all this coronavirus stuff going on. So, you know, to have that much trust and faith and um, in my work and in all my writings to, to, you know, give me this position so, so soon, you know, it means the entire world to me. And I'm super excited um, for the fall. But uh, so thank you. But yeah, going into this May 9th thing, a lot of, I mean, the one major question is, should it even happen? Because obviously traveling and, you know, you don't, a lot of times, a lot of, you see all these cases with the coronavirus, people have no clue that they even have it, you know? So, you know, should it happen? In my opinion, yes. I think it's a, it's a good thing for both the business side for, for Dana White, for ESPN, for UFC, but then also for just the, for the public, for all the, for all the sports fans at home that, you know, are getting kind of tired of watching the same old reruns of old games and stuff. Um, I mean, Dana White, he hasn't even released a location, which is a very smart move because if it's on Fight Island or, or wherever, if it's international, you know, uh, people won't really, uh, go, you know, won't travel on such short notice to, to go there, you know, because, you know, you're at risk of random people just traveling there to, you know, get pictures or try to get an interview in, you know, those people who haven't been um, tested for coronavirus and stuff. So Dana White's doing a great job keeping it all, you know, on the on the DL. And um, so I think, you know, wherever the location is, if if no one really knows about it, um, if everyone gets, you know, is tested beforehand, everything's good to go. You have a very, very small crowd of really just the the refs, the the coaching staff, and all that, then then I think it's it's good to go. But um, you know, one thing that's difficult though, especially a lot of these these fights are now coming on short notice because he's trying to make a really good card out of it. So he's added a few from from future events to now this card. Um, and a difficult thing with that is the weight cutting part of it. Um, obviously, just that's something that all the fighters have to go through. Um. But being on such short notice and not really having a full camp where they can, 
you know, train while progressively losing a little bit of weight here and there, you know, and, and doing what they're doing. It can just be, it can just be unhealthy. It can, people might peak at wrong times or their body just might not be at 100% for the fight. So that's a, that's a tricky thing to get around, but they're all professionals and they've all done crazy things like that before. So I'm sure, you know, they'd all be able to. One thing that was interesting though, I don't know if you saw, uh, Tony Ferguson for this past Friday, because, um, his fight with Khabib was supposed to be this past Saturday. So the weigh-ins were, were, you know, supposed to be that Friday. What Ferguson did is, you know, he wanted to show his family and his coaching staff, you know, and his sponsors how dedicated he, you know, he was to that event. So he decided to, to cut weight and make 155 this past Friday, just to show, even though there's no fight, just to show how much he really cared and how committed he was. And, um, you know, I think that was a really cool thing. Um, you know, you don't, you don't really see that in a lot of fight, a lot of fighters. You don't see that in, in many people at all, where they'll dedicate themselves to something that, you know, they don't even, they don't even need to, you know? Um, so I thought that was really cool, but he also said that he thinks that's going to give him a, uh, a mental edge over Gagey because he thinks him cutting weight and being ready for that day, um, like even though it's not happening, but Gagey not, and Gagey just still waiting for whatever's going to happen in the future. Um, he thinks Gagey's maybe not as gonna, is not as prepared as, as he is, um, which I don't agree with, because I think Gagey understands that if he doesn't have to cut weight for a couple more weeks, he shouldn't have to. He shouldn't be cutting weight now. Um, he should be training like he usually does, and he should just um, be going through the whole process. In, in a normal way, because I think this could definitely backfire on Ferguson, because if he starts gaining weight now, within the next two weeks, he's going to have to go through the whole weight cutting process again, um, which like I said, that's very unhealthy for your body, it's, you know, um, sometimes it messes with your strength, your chin, a lot of a lot of important factors in, in fighting, um, I mean, I don't, Ferguson's a crazy guy, you know, all the things I've said about him in the past, and if you know anything about him, he's, you know, a little strange, so I'm sure he's fine, but, um, just something to definitely think about, um, but yeah, on, on Twitter recently, John Jones has been, uh, a mess, um, kind of, kind of Antonio Brown-ish, um, really, and in all honesty, I, I think I've just completely fallen off whatever hype train he's had and whatever all those fans that, you know, are trying to surround this kid. I really, I'm really not that big of a fan anymore. Um, for starters, he is not near the pound for pound the best at all anymore, in my opinion. He's had his last, like, six or so fights have all been decision victories, so that's the least exciting. They're, I mean, they're all championship fights, all 25-minute fights, and they've all gone to decision. Um, and I think he easily should have lost to Reyes in the last one. I thought Reyes won three rounds, just my opinion. But, again, I talked about it before. It's It gets a little tricky when you're fighting a champion. Um, if a round is really close, I, I feel like as a judge, you just give it to the champion because they're champion, you know? There's nothing really necessarily wrong with that because, you know, if you're champion, I feel like you really have to be beaten. You know, if it shouldn't just be a, 
um, you know, very nitpicky. I think it should be more decisive of a of a call. Um, that's just my opinion. Um, and then and then John Jones said, Reyes, you know, obviously wanted that rematch. I think everyone did because we thought Reyes did a very good job, a better job anyone than anyone thought he would do. And then John Jones is like, No, no, no. I want I want a fresh new opponent, um, like Jan Blahovic. Now I think he's just completely running from from Dominic Reyes. I think I think in the back of his mind he knows that that's a guy that can definitely beat him. He's a new up and comer. People like him, um, and they'll have support for him in in that rematch. So John Jones is just trying to get away from that. But I mean Jan Blahovic is is nothing to. He's a pretty good fighter. So if John Jones wants to fight him, that would be an interesting fight too, because I think Jan has a great chance in that fight too because i don't think john jones is there anymore you know um that stuff isn't even what's bothering me you know he's champion that's all you know congrats to him he was the youngest champion ever when he got it um many years ago so he's obviously putting a ton of work in that respect and i mean he is winning the fights right so something has to be said about that but if you didn't see um a couple weeks ago, uh, another UFC uh, light heavyweight, um, Anthony Smith, had his house broken into in the middle of the night. I think it was like around 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. or something like that. Um, uh, it was with uh, just a random stranger. It was a former high school wrestler, a great wrestler. I, he had like 160 um, career wins by the time he graduated high school. Something insane right um and it took i think so anthony smith he he was telling a story he said he you know he went down the stairs you know he had um if this is a little wrong i'm sorry i'm doing the best i can i read it i read about it like a couple weeks ago at this point but uh you know he got his wife and his kids you know locked in a room right and then he went and him and the uh, the intruder like fought for like five minutes before the cops came right um and that you know that's a scary time because I mean, yes, he's a UFC light heavyweight, but you know a guy coming into your home, he's he's threatening you and your family. That's a you know, a, just a crazy thing to deal with. Especially you know they fought for five minutes, so this guy is not, you know, the intruder is not a guy to you know fool around with either. You know he's obviously got strength or there's something crazy about him, right? So, but luckily you know cops came, everything was handled. You know the guy was obviously arrested. You know and everyone in Anthony Spence's family is okay, so that's great, right? Um, but then John Jones decided to take it to Twitter to say that um, Anthony Smith, it was his fault that the intrusion happened because his garage door or something was open, and that he was embarrassed at the fact that Anthony Smith allowed the guy to fight him for five minutes. John Jones, you know, thinking that he would have fought the intruder <laughs> you know, much easier. Like, you know, he would have just been able to take care of the guy himself without the need for cops. You know what I mean? And, um, I don't, I don't like this. You know, I, I really don't, I don't like this at all because first of all, I think that's just immature and, and, and selfish really, because what is he trying to do? Is he trying to help him hype himself up to other people? Like, Hey, I could fight in an intruder, but Anthony Smith can't. I don't 
like what i don't care that that's not something i i would get excited about you know the guy had his family you know in danger and you know it was handled the way it was handled i don't i'm not i don't think it's anthony smith's fault that he fought the guy for 5 minutes you know um so i don't think that looked good for john jones whatsoever you know i can try to you know have an open mind on things and see where he's trying to come from but i don't think that was the smart decision for him um you know if anything as another ufc fighter you should be um just giving your your thoughts and prayers to the to anthony smith and his family for you know just even having to go through that you know um and plus fighting for your life is obviously so different than fighting a ufc fight like there's no rules there's no you know and the other guy can obviously fight you until they kill you um obviously in the ufc fight you can't so there's a whole different aspect to it the danger aspect the scary aspect you know so and then john jones also said he made fun of smith saying that he should buy a gun or mace um implying that anthony smith can't protect his family by himself you know what i mean and uh I didn't like that either, you know, because you're still, you're still trash talking Smith for saying that he's not strong enough to fend off a in a, a home invasion, you know. I just, I just think that was very, you know, I don't, I just don't like that. I think it's, a, it's truly immature. Um, it just doesn't look good, especially because, in my opinion, John Jones, who's the, who's the who was the youngest ever UFC champion, still is, but, you know, at the time, youngest UFC champion, right? He has all of the support in the world. He had the most fans before McGregor came. He had the most fans, right? Most popular guy. You know, with that big of a platform, you know, there's so there's so many better things that you could be doing. Like, um, you could go on, like, you know, take it to Twitter about, you know, supporting other people or, you know, just laying a foundation that you're a guy that wants to see others improve or you just want to set a, you want to set a good image for younger kids or people getting into martial arts, right? You don't want to be this arrogant, you know, mean, selfish guy that keeps getting in the news, you know, with, he was, had doping before, he had this DUI that I'll get to get into in a second. He, you know, he has all these terrible, terrible things. And then rather than apologizing and trying to make up for it, he is still just trash-talking people on Twitter in, in situations where he should be keeping his mouth shut or be saying the opposite and trying to help the other person. Um, so, yeah, I don't like that. I mean, you look at, you know, Tom Brady, uh, LeBron, uh, Ronaldo. You got all these guys that try to set... Um, good examples on social media. You know, there's videos of them training, videos of them with their family, videos of them, you know, um, helping, you know, youth teams or, or donating money to charities. It, you know, that's setting a good example. That's using your platform and the amount of money you have and the amount of support you have to set a good example and be a role model for other people. And John Jones just isn't doing that. Um, so I'm just not a big fan of that. Not a big fan of him really right now at the moment, especially with <laughs> this thing uh, 
this thing in New Mexico, uh, this DWI that he had. He was driving in the middle of the night. Um, he got pulled over. Um, uh, he apparently had performed poorly on three different field sobriety tests. And the breathalyzer test showed him he, that he was twice above the legal limit for um, BAC, which is kind of insane. Uh, first of all, a guy with his money, why is he driving? He, he doesn't even need to be driving around on his own, you know what I mean? Um, he also got charged with a, neg a negligent use of a firearm. So he shot a gun for no reason at all. He wasn't hunting or anything. He just shot it. Makes no sense. Um, possession of an open container. And then no proof of insurance in the vehicle. He, had no, he didn't even have the, the insurance card in his vehicle. It makes no sense. A guy like that, he obviously... <laughs> he's obviously smart enough to know you can't be doing any of those things. And he should be smart enough to know that a, a person of his popularity and wealth and stature in you know such a big promotion like the UFC... He, those things don't slide, and they look very bad, um, because the amount of things people are going to say about it, the amount of, you know, um, negativity online that he's going to get from that, all the amount of the fans that he's going to lose, like me, that I completely um, don't really support him <laughs> as a fighter. There's nothing really, because he's not doing anything to support. So there's nothing to look at when you when you look at John Jones. There's nothing to say hey, I should be doing what he's doing because it'll make me a better person, <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah, I'm really, I just, long story short, I, I've fallen completely off his his bandwagon. Um, I I think if, if he wants to keep, you know, keep his fan base and, you know, keep the UFC on his side, then, A, he has to start, being a better person online and start using his platform to to set a good example and be a better person. And then B, on the UFC side of things and his performance side of things, he can't just keep going into these, these split decisions with, with other fighters. No one likes watching those fights. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes. But when it's over and over and you're a champion, it's just not as exciting. When the whole night, you know, you got a great UFC card, right? All the fights have been great. And then you go into a five-round decision where you barely win. You know, over and over. Um, so I think he's just got to really start focusing again. Focus how he was focusing when he was the youngest champion ever, you know, when he won that belt the first time. When he was knocking people out, submitting people while standing up, doing all those crazy things. He's got to get back to that mindset. Focus on, on you know, becoming a better fighter and keeping his belt for a while, you know. He, think about all the records that he can have if he keeps winning as champion and keeps staying champion, you know? Um, but I don't know, maybe he just doesn't care. He might just not care. And and if that's the case, then that's the case. He can't do anything about it. But um, I hope to see him turn around. I'd love to be a fan of his, you know? Um, but but right now, with everything that he's been doing, it, it's just not a good look for him. Not a good look. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll move on. So this card has a lot of big questions. Um, it's a very interesting card because the fights are great and then the outcomes of these fights, you know, uh, are going to really mix up the rankings and, and, and create a lot of new exciting fights, maybe, 
um, if certain people win. So the the big the big question for me, you know, is Gagey, if this fight was going to happen this past week, right? Gagey was coming on only a couple weeks notice, two weeks notice, so he was going to have barely a camp, barely time to any time to prepare. Um, but now there's all this extra time. You know, he's going to have over a month to train for Ferguson, and that's a huge, huge, huge difference because Ferguson's a weird fighter. He switches stances. His cardio is insane. Um, he doesn't really get knocked out, or, you know, or submitted, really. he's. Um, so it's just great. I, I think that this is really actually going to help Gagey um, prepare for this fight. Uh, he even said, he said multiple times, Gagey, that uh, the mental toughness part of it is always the biggest factor for him. He feels like he's always physically capable to do anything, you know, uh, his body's always in the, in the, you know, the right shape and everything. Uh, but he likes knowing that when he goes into a fight that he had done every single thing in his power to perform. And I think if there was only the two weeks, uh, before the fight, he would have gone in not thinking that. And so I'm hoping that with, you know, having over a month, even though it's not a full camp, but since he's having over a month, it'll help him mentally. He'll think that, oh, okay, compared to the two weeks I could have had, I've done a lot. And I feel more ready than I would have been. And I, I hope that's that's where he gets his mind to. Um, and on the contrary, I think this is ultimately going to hurt Ferguson. Because obviously you see how dedicated he is. He's obviously training like a crazy man, but... His, his weight cut, he just cut 24 pounds in a week just because, um, just to show um, that he cared. But the issue with that is since the fight isn't for a few weeks, what if he gains the weight back now? He gains, you know, 20-some pounds now, and then he has to go through the whole weight-cutting process again. Um, I mean, going through the weight cut once doesn't feel great on your body, isn't, isn't easy to train going back and forth at the different weights and so having to do it a second time could just be more draining on them also a lot of fighters they set their camps up where they peak at a at a specific time they peak right at you know a week a week before a few days before and then they take the rest of the few days to just stretch stay loose stay healthy and then they go into the fight ready to go an issue with this is he might have to he might have already reached his peak you know he could have reached his peak a week ago um, in the gym. Like, that's how the camp had, had set up. Now he's going to get out of that and have to try to, you know, get into that peak shape before the fight happens again. It's very capable, but, you know, it might not happen. He might be overexhausted or having, a, like, a longer camp. His body just might be more drained. His muscles might be overworked. You never know. Um, obviously, he has, you know, the best trainers in the world. Um but truly, you don't know. So, in my in my opinion, this is definitely going to sway the the odds and the betting lines in in Gagey's favor. Um, Gagey's known for having just an unbelievable one punch knockout power. He's an incredibly strong guy, all American wrestler. So, I'm sure he he could do well on the on the ground with Ferguson. He's definitely stronger than than Ferguson. There's there's no doubt in my mind. So on the ground. Unless, you know, Ferguson's very good jujitsu gets into play. I think just from a wrestling standpoint, Gagey will be able to do very well. And then on the feet, if Gagey can land 
the shots that Anthony Pettis had landed on uh, Ferguson in their fight, then it's lights out for Ferguson. I think AG will be able to close the show. That's just how hard he hits. Um, and Pettis even rocked Tony Ferguson. Um, so, I don't know. I, I don't know who I'm going to pick yet. I'll have a podcast this week about all my predictions for the main card. I'll go in-depth in all of those. But uh, for now, I'm not sure. But I think Gagey is definitely going to win some people over in, in the bets for sure. Um, um, another interesting another interesting fight is this Francis Ngannou versus Jorginho Rosenstrike. First of all, it's going to be an amazing fight. Um, Ngannou's last three fights were first-round knockouts that he won. And all four of Rosenstrike's um, UFC victories were all by knockout. Um, but the big question is, is if the winner should get a title shot, an immediate title shot. And yes and no. Um, they both deserve, whoever wins deserves a title shot 100%. Um, they both have been performing great. Ngannou has been a monster. If, it, if Ngannou fights the way he normally fights, I think I think he'll probably win. Rosenstreich just went, you know, he just won a, uh, in the fifth round, you know, a lucky shot. Well, I wouldn't say lucky, but an unexpected um, hook that he had, you know, closed the deal in the fifth round. But if you're bringing Ngannou into the fifth round, he's going to beat you, you know. So it'll be very interesting. But I don't think it should be instant. And like an instant title shot, I don't think the winner should be Miocic's next fight. I think Stipe should be fighting Cormier for their their third matchup because their rivalry has been great. Um, there's no bad blood or anything, but obviously the first fight they had was when um, Stipe was champion. Cormier was the light heavyweight champion, and he moved up to heavyweight, and uh, he knocked Miocic out in the uh, first round. That was amazing. He became the, you know, second double champ after after Connor, and uh, for, that was just a great fight to see. And then, you know, the second time Miocic got his belt back, he won it in the fourth round by knockout. Um, you know, Cormier was just kind of getting overexhausted, been hit too much, and then just got ground and pounded till it ended. You know, but uh, but you know, Cormier has one fight left. He said he's got one fight left in him in the UFC, and then he's going to retire. So I think. I just think the smart move, um, and and a respectable move because Cormier's been a, a great champion in the past. He's been a great fighter, a great person for the UFC. I really think that they should give him that title shot, give him a chance to win the you know get the best two out of three, win the fight, and then retire as champion. And then you know what, the belt would go to Miocic anyways, probably, or they would just have there would be no champion, and then Miocic would fight. Again, the winner of Ngannou or Rosenstrike to get the belt. I think that's the the best move, the most exciting move, because um, those two fights were great. I'd love to see see a third fight between them. Um, but you know, Cormier, I love watching Cormier, and when he retires, you know, he's a great uh, color commentator with Rogan and uh, Cruz and all those guys. So, you know. Um, but you know, if not, if they don't give that, if they don't give Cormier, or Cormier decides he wants to do something else, maybe fight John Jones again, 
fight at light heavyweight again, then yeah, Ngannou or Rosenstrike should definitely definitely get that get that title shot against Stipe. And that'll be very interesting. Because Stipe, you know, he's strong, but especially Ngannou, you know, just the physical strength and, and size that those guys have, it's it's crazy. Those fights can go either way, you know, no matter what. So um Yeah, the next thing is uh, you know, it's interesting. Dominic Cruz was a phenomenal champion. At one point, pound for pound the best. Um one of the best uh just one of the best fighters ever, truly. Uh but he hasn't fought in nearly three and a half years. Last fight was that that a uh decision loss to Cody Garbrandt three and a half years ago. Um so you know, big question is how much of a challenge is he actually gonna be for Sujudo? You know, it's three and a half years off. You know, he's had multiple surgeries in the past. So he, physically he's not one hundred percent. His chin probably isn't completely there. He has a very strong chin, but he got rocked a lot by Garbrandt. Obviously not finished, but he got rocked a lot. Um, and he actually could have been finished, in my opinion. There's a point in, I think it was around the, the middle of the fight, third round, maybe fourth round, Garbrandt had dropped him, but was kind of showboating, and, and Cruz was able to get back up and recover. But I think if Garbrandt had just pounced on him and, and ground and pound, it would have closed the deal, but... Um, but no, in my opinion, I still think it's going to be a challenge for Sujudo to win. Um, Dominic Cruz is an absolute machine when it comes to, to training um, and just his overall work, uh, work ethic. Um, he has unbelievable cardio, you know. Um, and if you watch his past fights, he has this weird karate, Muay Thai mixture style where he just moves around, switches stances, you know, has this awkward movement, um, and it pretty much just drains the other fighter's energy. I mean, Dominic Cruz has the, the gas tank, the best gas tank I've seen, besides Tony Ferguson, really. I don't think they even, he, he gets tired, ever. Um, so I think that's something to, something to think about. If if he can move around, get Sujudo tired, and land the shots that he can land, you know, I don't think he'll be able to knock Sujudo out, but maybe if it goes to decision. Um, he can win if, you know, three rounds or so, three or four rounds, I think. Um, also, Sujudo's coming off a shoulder, a shoulder injury. That's why he's been out. I think it was, I think the surgery that he had was in like around October or something. Um, but you never know. It might not be a hundred percent because think about it. The camp had to have started, you know, three months ago or so. So he started training six months, like fully for, for this fight. Um, even though it wasn't against Cruz, it was against Garbrandt, but they're kind of similar, so I don't think the camp is going to change too, too much. But, um, you know, it, the shoulder might not be at 100%. So that could obviously play a role. You never know. It could always get re-injured during the fight or just not be 100%. And uh, Sujudo, who is a, an amazing wrestler with heavy punches for, for that weight class, you know, having your, your your shoulders obviously play a huge role in wrestling and, and throwing those big punches. Um, but if it's 100%, if that shoulder is going to be working fine, I think Cruz is going to gonna also be in, some, be in some danger if Sujudo can close the distance because Garbrandt was able to land an enormous amount of heavy shots on, on Dominic. Didn't knock him out, 
But the thing is, if Sajudo can land those exact same shots that Garbrandt landed, I think Cruz will get knocked out. Um, I just think, uh, you know, fighting this long and having that much time off where he hasn't really been in a setting, of course, sparring, but he hasn't been in a setting where he's been hit that bad. Um, there's obviously the, those moments where you can get stunned by, by a punch, you know. Um, that's definitely something to think about. I don't think ring rust is really a crazy factor because Cruz has such a good fight IQ that I think he'll be okay. Um, but in terms of his physical strength and the amount of super physical training that he's, you know, that he's probably been doing, I don't know if, if having a guy like Sejudo, who's, you know, an amazing fighter going straight back into that fight is really the right thing. I don't know if he'll be completely ready for it. Um, but again, all, all three of these fights that I mentioned can go either way, you know, both. Um, there's obviously the favorites. I still think Ferguson and Ganu and Sujudo are all the favorites in those fights. But all all the opponents have a very easy chance of winning. Gagey can one punch knockout, you know? Rosenstrike, one punch knockout. Cruz, just an overall an amazing fighter, one of the best of all time, you know? So all of them are very interesting. Things that I'm gonna have to think about the next few days um, when I'm making my final predictions for all of you. So um but, but one more interesting question that I have is really, you know, Anthony Pettis versus, versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone. You know, it. I don't know if Pettis is the right opponent for Cerrone, but I think Cerrone is a very good opponent for Pettis in this situation. So I think Anthony Pettis is going to do really well. This is one of the ones I can tell you now I think Pettis will win this fight. For sure. Um, his last two fights he lost, Pettis, um, to Diaz, Nate Diaz, um, by decision. You know, Nate Diaz doesn't get knocked out, really. He did once by Josh Thompson, but that's about it. Um, and then was submitted by Carlos Ferreira. Um, but you look at those fights, Nate Diaz is a workhorse. He's going to beat you by decision, mainly. It, like the fight with McGregor, probably the second one. It probably could have gone either way. Again, it's really just depending on what the judges saw. Um, and then Carlos Ferreira is just a beast and has much better jujitsu and wrestling than, than Pettis did. And that's all That's all that there was in that fight. But, um, I mean, Cerrone, you saw he just got, you know, annihilated by McGregor in, in January. So even though... You know, Cowboy normally, you know, he, he was fighting every three months or so, three or four months. This guy was, you know, just putting in so many fights in the UFC. But, so even though now, you know, it's four, five, it'll be four and a half months, you know, between the two fights. Even though, it's funny, that's a little long for Cowboy, you know, to not have a fight. I don't think going in with Pettis is the right, is the right move for him. Pettis is very dynamic. He can hit you from a lot of places. He can do very well on the ground. Um, he doesn't really get knocked out too easily. I don't think Cerrone's head kicks are really going to be an issue. I think that's obviously Pettis will be looking for that, but his movement will will definitely help him get around those get around those kicks. And then Cerrone, he has to be feeling, you know, he's been in the ring for so long. His body's got to be feeling not 100% anymore. 
There's no way that it does. Especially having your, your nose broken and orbital broken and getting knocked out in <laughs> in 40 seconds, you know, just four months ago. I don't know if going right back into the ring against a guy that also can knock you out pretty easily in Anthony Pettis, I don't know if that's a smart decision for him. But for Pettis, you know, who obviously wants to keep being a top competitor, being a top contender in the in the UFC, I think having Cerrone as your opponent, a, a guy that you can beat, you can knock out, you, you know, you can get a finish, I think it's the right decision for him. Because he still has a bunch of fans. I still think he's very exciting to watch. He um, beat Wonderboy Thompson with a great Superman punch off the cage three fights ago. Knocked him out, which was, you know, that was a great fight. Um, so I think if he wants to, you know, I think he knows that he needs to win uh, to get back, you know, to get maybe some support back and to get his rank up, get his confidence back. And I think Cerrone's a good opponent for him to get that done. Um I don't want to say that Cerrone is now a fighter that is now boosting his opponent's um, status in the in the promotion, but you know that I feel like that's how it's going to be perceived because I think Pettis will be able to beat him, and then people will start thinking, "Oh, Cerrone's washed up; he's done." But I mean, in theory, he's not. <laughs> you know, he's a a, a very um, strong, great you know UFC legend, really. Um, but obviously, I, I think that might be how, how he's perceived. So, yeah, just to clarify, I do think Cerrone's the right opponent for Pettis, but Pettis is not the, the right for Cerrone. I think Cerrone should have taken more time away from the ring, maybe gotten his body and tried to recover 100%, get, you know, in the best shape maybe he's ever been in, get some time off, clear his head, and then, and then get back into it. Um, but obviously... Since he accepted this fight, he probably already feels that way. Um, and, you know, you can never rule him out either, you know. I definitely think Pettis will win. But, you know, Cerrone has wild knockouts with his with his uh, head kick. So you never know. You really never know. Um, going back to Wonderboy, though. Stephen Thompson has a, uh, a Twitch account. Um, and he was streaming... I saw this video, uh, UFC posted it on like TikTok or something. Um, <laughs> Wonder Boy was re on his stream, was rewatching when he got knocked out um, by Pettis because it was a very bad knockout. He went completely st stiff on the ground. Um, and just his reaction is priceless. He's such a nice guy. Um, I was uh, very lucky to be able to watch him at UFC 205 at Madison Square Garden when I thought. When there was the uh, that weird decision where Tyron Woodley won by like a point or something crazy, um, that was a great fight. But yeah, if if you haven't seen it, try to check it out. You, you probably just have to look up Stephen Thompson watching his own knockout, and it'll it'll come up. So, and really, last thing, you know, the big question is: Is this card gonna happen? It keeps getting postponed. It keeps going to a location, and then nope. Disney and ESPN says, no, you shouldn't do it. You know, so who knows? But in my opinion, I, I think this one will happen. Um, I think public pressure will kind of help contribute to that. I think people are definitely going to get get tired of not having live sports. They're getting a little angry about quarantine being so long, you know, people not having jobs. So I think 
all of that, I think, um, just everyone, I think the UFC, ESPN, Disney, like the, you know, government, I think everyone would, um, like to see these fights happen. It'll, it'll definitely cheer up fans. It'll cheer up just anyone who, who's going through difficult times. Um, maybe we'll get, that'll cause, you know, less public pressure in terms of getting the quarantine to end, you know, that might lessen for some, uh, state governments or whatever. Uh, and then just having live sports again, you know, boost morale for a bunch of people. Uh, so yeah, I think it's going to happen. I think all, all the publicity around it, um, Dana White's done a great job, um, not releasing too much information to make it the, the safest environment possible. Um, so I think, I think this, this time it'll get done. Hopefully knocking on wood that I don't jinx anything, but, uh, I hope to see it. I love watching the fights, and when there's no fans, that that fight card that I saw a few weeks ago with no fans, that was a that was a great that was a great fight night. I enjoyed it. You know, when you can hear the uh, the coaches, the fighters, the ref, you know, everyone so clearly, it's very interesting. Just hearing all the callouts and everything, it's um, it's different than normal, but it, it's very cool. And I think major fans um, will definitely notice that. And I don't think they'll necessarily care that there's no fans and. We'll be we'll be fine if for the next month or two months, however long this this quarantine takes, um, if that's how the fight's gonna go. And if those are the only live sports, if you look at it from UFC's and, and ESPN's point of view, they're the only real I shouldn't say real, but you know, the only major live sport that's on TV anymore. Um, I think that can definitely bring in new fans, obviously generate more revenue. People are obviously gonna buy the pay per view still. Probably more people than usual will buy the pay-per-views because, um, including myself, a lot of restaurants, they just have the pay-per-view on. So then you got 100 people or so in the restaurant that aren't aren't buying it that might have bought it if they were home, you know? So I, I honestly think they'll do it. I think it's a good thing for everyone. I think it's all around a positive thing. If everyone's tested, there's that, you know, for the coronavirus, then obviously... You know, nothing will really be passed around. If it's on a private island, then, you know, there's no harm for for many, many people. Um, so I hope, thank you again for watching, the, you know, for listening to this video, um, this podcast. Um, it means a lot to me. Uh, hopefully, if you're a John Jones fan, uh, you didn't take too much offense to what I was saying earlier, but um, hopefully you learned a little something. Um these questions, man, I gotta, I gotta really think of who I think is gonna win, <laughs> win these fights. These fight, the fight card is insane. Um, because I didn't even talk about the Nunes fight. There's, there's a, you know, other fights that I haven't even mentioned yet that are amazing on this fight card. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely, definitely this week, you know, unless it gets postponed or you know canceled or something. Um, otherwise, I'll definitely have another video. Or another podcast, excuse me, and and I'll go over all the fights for you. And and if you bet, like I said in the last one, I'm normally right about a lot of these things. Not to get too hot-headed, but you should try to bet on bet on what I'm saying. And I think <laughs> I think you'll do good. But uh, no, on a serious note, I appreciate it every time. Every time someone comes in and listens, if it's for 
five minutes or the entire podcast. You know, I'm trying to do so so many so many things with uh, in the journalism field. You know, uh, the main goal obviously is ESPN. You know, out of college, the the big uh, the big companies and working for them and and really, I'm just trying to get you know as much exposure to as many things as possible now and getting the support uh, from the people that listen, you know, that drives me to keep wanting to do this. And, um, you know, it just keeps me so excited because um, I love talking about the things, you know, about the UFC and and, and writing about all the sports at, at UMass and all that stuff. So, um, and I love teaching people about, about these things because, you know, you, People probably just, even average UFC fans might not know about all the things that I talked about. So I just love doing that. So so thank you. Continue to stay safe. You know, stay home as best you can. Um, stay healthy. Work out as much as you can. Um, but yeah, until next time. Thank you.